Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Welcome to this week's Running Light Podcast. My name is Bo. I'm Peter. And we're here to talk about things of sex and culture and pornography and, and the like in the Bible and how it relates to the Bible. And we hope uh, you guys have enjoyed all of our other podcasts on SoundCloud. Uh, you can always check it out at Running Light Ministries on SoundCloud or Running Light Ministries at um, the iTunes store as well because you can get our podcast on iTunes as well. And um, last week it was a great topic, talking about sex education. That was really cool. This week it was kind of interesting in the news. Um, it was really big on the um, uh, website, um, Fight the New Drug. They kind of came out with um, uh, their interview with um, this lady who was kidnapped. And then she um, was raped and was a victor- victim of this crazy guy dude they show his picture um brian mitchell he's now serving a life sentence in prison um him and his wife actually kidnapped this girl um mrs smart and elizabeth smart she's now 28 but um and they basically abused her um, he sexually abused her and um the interviews kind of was an interesting one in that she had this kind of quote in it, Peter, that said um, that, uh, you know, pornography basically made her life a living hell, um, and it made it worse than that um, because this guy would basically mimic what he saw in pornography on her. Um, and, it, and, you know, of course, the organization Fight the New Drug, which is an anti-porn ministry, you know, kind of took that, of course, and ran with it. And it's kind of neat to see the comments on the website because there's like uh, just a boatload of people that kind of chimed in. And they have all different takes. And, and you know, some people are very much um, uh, sympathize with her in the sense that uh, they totally feel for her and they kind of understand that point of view. And, and then there's other people that are more critical of it. Um but it kind of raises, uh, I thought, a good, a good, a good, uh, you know, something that's um, a good subject in that, um, you know, you know, what is pornography? Did it, what kind of role did it play in this guy's life? And, um, you know, do you really blame pornography for what happened to her? You know, and um, so I, I, you know, I thought maybe get, putting our take in would be kind of fun on the podcast too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think another good video uh, that I watched a while back, and I, I know you have as well, Bo. Uh, it was the Ted Bundy interview. Oh yeah. Yeah, right before he was executed, Ted Bundy, who strangled a number of women, uh, he ended up doing that. He ended up going on his killing spree um, as a sexual. Uh, thing it wasn't just he liked killing people he got sexual pleasure or arousal out of strangling women and uh in his testimony he talks because uh, surprisingly i mean the grace of god reaches anywhere he got saved yeah before they killed him but um he mentions how as a kid he uh he viewed pornography and how that kind of flipped a switch and i thought he did a really good job i mean like when they're interviewing him he talked about how 
pornography itself wasn't the problem. He says that his mind was the problem, and it just took pornography and it it morphed it into something else. Hmm. And so he was he was actually very clear, and I like the the way that he put it that for him, pornography certainly was a tool that moved him towards what he did, but he's he's very clear that pornography itself wasn't to blame, that he was the one who did those things. Just pornography became like a, a stepping stone in, in what he was going to do anyway. Um, and if, if you look at, you know, what Ted Bundy did, I'm sure that if pornography wasn't in the world, I'm sure he would have done pretty much the same thing or similar things, uh, with or without it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I saw that video too, and and obviously a lot of the comments on Facebook um, on the thread are, are like that. You know, one of this one of the people says pornography doesn't turn people into bad people; it makes bad people even more bad. So um, you know, you got kind of got that kind of idea going. You know, um, yeah, it's tough. You know, I I think you know I was watching a show on prohibition the other day, and I, I really think people should watch probably a documentary on prohibition. Because I think there's some pretty interesting links between kind of what's happening today with uh, ministries like Fight the New Drug and the like um, that are very anti-porn um, and Prohibition. Um, in that, uh, in Prohibition, there was this really strong religious uh, movement that that really demonized one alcohol. And and then it also not only demonized it, but then it made it um, when it when a moral issue couldn't succeed in legislation, meaning making it a moral issue, saying hey, it's just morally wrong to drink, you know, which wouldn't really work. They actually went into more of like it's a health crisis. It's just it you know it's there's a crisis of health, you know, and and that ended up pushing it into uh, making it law, you know, the idea of prohibition. Um, and, you know, I see links with that today with pornography a lot, where it's like we're trying desperately to, uh, it seems like today, get this notion of like, man, there's, you know, pornography is messing it all up, messing everything up, everything up. And, and it's just, you know, and it's kind of like there's a demonization of it um, where it's bad, 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 bad. But I think what you learned in Prohibition is that even when they got rid of, when they passed the laws, that all kinds of problems still were there. You know, people still wanted to drink. Um, people who wanted to drink drank. Um, and there was still this underlying issue with people wanting to do what they wanted to do. And I've heard the old saw, you know, you can't legislate morality. Um, but we certainly seem to want to try all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it seems like the Christian way, really, um, uh, the Christian culture is in a quandary. Because I think the Christian culture wants to live in a righteous society. And we see the biblical passages that say live in a righteous society and live in a righteous society and uphold righteousness in the land and everything like that. And we tend to go, hey, that that's that's true. But then we also see kind of the idea of, you know, how really 
we really deal with issues in life, moral issues in life. How do we really, really deal with those issues? Um, and in Christianity, it's not through law. It, it's not through law that's going to be able to do it. So, uh, you know, that's what I mean by the Christian is kind of in a quandary, because one minute he's thinking, oh, well, maybe if we change the laws, things are going to work out good in our favor. You know, hey, we get rid of all porn, everything's going to be great. We're going to live in a happy land. It's going to be so much better. Everything's going to be great. You know, but there's one big problem, even from the Christian perspective, is that even if you ban it, and it's and it's done away with. And I think me and you would love it if it was there was just no porn. That would just be awesome. It would be great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I would totally like it. But then there's the problem. Then there's the underlying problem, and that is, well, you got rid of porn, but you didn't get rid of me. You know, you didn't get rid of my heart. You didn't get rid of my mind. Um, and and that's porn. That and, that and that's what I think people don't grab is that is that porn is not out there. You know, porn is in here, you know, and so it's like whenever I, you know, think, whenever I hear the thing of like fighting a new drug, you know, you know, uh, you know, porn kills love and, and we're against that porn out there. Well, that's not the enemy, man. The enemy is, I think from a Christian point of view, the enemy's me, mm. that I need to learn to crucify my flesh. I need to put my flesh on the cross. I need to. You know, me, there needs to be a death in me, a daily death in me. Um, you know, because even if, you know, before the modern porn industry, I still struggled with lust. You know, and I live long enough. I'm old enough now to have, you know, I I lived before the modern day porn era. So, um, so that's the quandary it seems like that Christians are in in today's world, where you kind of get that that they're they want people to change through a relationship with Jesus Christ. They want their hearts to change, but they're going about it in the way that the world goes about trying to change people. <laughs> and that's through maybe the anti-movement, the demonization of it. Yeah. You know, which which doesn't seem to um, get the results, and it certainly didn't with prohibition. Um that that they were thinking it was going to to, to bring, hmm. you know. So I'm yeah, gonna... it reminds me of a, a passage in First Corinthians five. Paul is talking to uh, the Corinthians about a man who's inside their fellowship who is having intimacy with his mom. It could be his stepmom. We don't know, but Paul basically tells them that they need to they need to judge this person and put them out of fellowship. And in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 10, he says, Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of the world, or with covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a violer or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who are also outside? Do you not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside, God judges. So Paul actually, um, he, he answers a question that the Corinthians would have when he's talking about judging people within the body. And the question that they would have is, okay, well, so does that mean that um, I should never keep any amount of fellowship with an atheist who practices these types of things? You know, because the Corinthians would have friends who practiced incest and 
uh, all sorts of other sexual practices that are not allowed in Christianity. And Paul says, no, uh, for if you did that, how would you be able to communicate with these people? And he says, I, I have nothing to do with judging the outside world. God's going to judge them. Mm-hmm. So the essential uh, problem that Paul is having, the problem that we should see as Christians, is that the Christian ethic, uh, the Christian worldview, is not to change the world through law, because that wouldn't work. That would essentially, it would. What Paul saw is what that would do is that would demonize half the population. So the Christians would think like, oh, the atheists, the pagans, they're evil, and we should have nothing to do with them. Mm. And he actually. Throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, we see that is exactly what happened between Jews and Gentiles, where Jews thought that they were racially superior uh, to the Gentiles because of their moral laws. And Paul has to write repeatedly over and over again about how just because you have moral laws doesn't make you better than other people. Um, it's just because of what Christ has done in you. That is what makes you uh, who you are, not because of moral laws or requirements. So he saw that as, as propagating... Uh, not only a lot of pride, selfishness, self-righteousness, but he also saw it as being a means to hate other me- members of the population. And we as Christians, we actually don't have to speculate about what that would look like because there is a religion out there that believes that you should legalize morality. And that religion is called Islam. Mm. And when you look to at To legislate is, it. To legislate it, and they call it Sharia law. So if you look at any country that is dominated by the Muslim majority and how they legislate morality to the people, look at how they treat people of other religious backgrounds who practice things that they don't agree with. They persecute them. They execute them. So what Paul is trying to fight against is he's trying to fight, he's trying to prevent the church from falling into that trap, which he tells us that we're all susceptible to fall into. And once again... All you got to do is pick up a history book and read about when the church tried to legislate morality. We call that period of time the Dark Ages. It wasn't a good thing. So any Christian who would want to go that path today, you're probably going to see the same problems arise, that you're going to end up hating people who don't follow the same beliefs as you, as opposed to what Christ tells us to be among them and love them and to help them see the, the power of the gospel. Uh, another problem that I'm just going to bring up real quick with doing this uh, type of demonization that you're talking about, Bo, is that it really messes with the mind of the person who views porn and the people who love the, pe- the person who views porn. Um, and something that I know we've talked about in previous podcasts, but it, it bears repeating, I guess, is that if I'm you know, viewing pornography, I struggle with viewing pornography, and I see an article like that or... Uh, any of these other articles speaking in similar words, I might start thinking like, oh my gosh, like am I going to be a serial rapist? You know, is that what's going to happen to me? And the people who love the person who struggles with porn, the wife, the mother, the father, the brother, the sister of the person who views porn might start thinking the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, like uh, is my husband going to start raping girls you know is my is my son going to start doing these things should i freak out should i call the cops and i've had uh encounters with parents and i know you have too where they're genuinely like freaked out about what's going to happen to their son as a result of them viewing pornography and it's important for me to start talking about like well what kind of pornography are they watching you know it definitely would be a big difference between if if someone's son was watching 
um, pornography that depicted hardcore rapings or, you know, pornography that depicted uh, child uh, exploitation or something like that, that might be something to be, con- like, overly concerned about. But if you have a, a 13-year-old boy who's watching just a guy and a girl having sex on a webcam or going to a normal porn site, that's a very separate issue, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not something that I have to throw up red flags and say, I need to call the cops and, and put my son into counseling. That's that's completely separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think some of the comments are, you know, you get that. Some of the comments are like, or don't don't some of the comments don't see that kind of thing on on this kind of website, you know, uh, with fight the new drug and the and the thread about um, Elizabeth Smart um, and her situation. Um, some of them are more like, hey, just porn's bad all the way around. And I can see what you're saying is that if you if you've watched porn or you struggle with watching porn, or um, you know be, you know because of the demonization, all of a sudden it makes someone who is kind of a normal person into a not-so-normal person. And I think, again, that's a link with prohibition. I mean, when you look at prohibition, you have normal people who can drink socially and be fine. All of a sudden, now they're breaking the law. Mm. You know, now they become criminals. Mm. You know, so now it becomes, you know, is is a person who has a glass of wine a criminal? Yeah. Is a person who, you know, likes to have a cocktail a criminal? Yeah, and now you've put them on, on par with a dude who, you know, gets plastered every day, or you've even put them on par with someone who does uh, illegal drugs such as cocaine or heroin. Yeah. So now you're taking someone who may have a glass of wine at dinner, and you're putting them on the same level as someone who shoots heroin. Which yeah. Is... And, 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 and then in the sexual context, yeah. you think about that, like, do you put... Do you put someone who watches degradation pornography or child pornography on the same level as someone who likes looking at victory or Victoria's Secret calendar? Mm. Is that the same? Or say someone who um, likes to watch 1980, um, you know, what we used to call TNA movies um, back in the day. You know, they're kind of goofy slapstick movies, but it, it showed some nudity. You know, is that on the same par with, you know, again, degradation porn? Mm. Or is, you know, soft porn, you know, the same as Song of Solomon? Mm. You know, now we're getting a little closer to the to Christian stuff. You know, are is is the stuff in the Bible now? Um, when God speaks of Israel as a woman whose breasts are beautiful and that type of thing, um, is that considered on the same par with, say, modern video porn or erotica? You know, um, and and what constitutes, you know, what's criminal and what's not? Um, those are those are issues. Though, I mean, if we were, if we want to legislate pornography and say, okay, let's get rid of it, then you know the things I think we've tried to to talk about before is like, what exactly do you get rid of? Hmm. You know, how far do you take it? How 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 much do you go into it? You know, uh, you know, th- there's there's a really fine line for me. There's between a documentary 
and um, and pornography, meaning, or let me say even maybe this way, educate sex educational uh, material and pornography, meaning you might watch something on sex education that shows nudity. And it might show graphic nudity and everything like that. You brought up last last week about you watching uh, a woman give birth. Mm. You know, she's nude. You see her uh, pubic area, um, you know, and you see it very graphically. Yeah. You know what I mean? But do you, do you masturbate to that? No. You know? No. So, so there's a contextual difference between that material... And material of what we call, you know, today's internet pornography. So in all of us, we recognize that there is certain differences between these, these things. Some, and, and so, you know, where is that line drawn? Um, and do you, do you, do I really think, having a biblical worldview that, uh, that I have, that where it says the heart of man is deceitfully wicked, far above er- everything, who can know it? Do I really think that if we didn't have, if, if you banned all pornography, that maybe, just maybe, maybe someone would masturbate to the woman, and maybe someone does masturbate to the woman giving birth. You know what I mean? And seeing maybe someone does. Because there is a whole genre of porn that is just called pregnancy porn. Mm. You know? So, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, there's something underlying that's that needs to be dealt with, and and that's why I always go back to porn's not in, not out there, but porn is in here. Uh, porn is inside, and um, you know, you know, and to me, it's like fight the new drug. I think where it fails ultimately is that it, is that all it's saying is that porn is bad. It's saying porn kills love, but it's really not defining porn or love, hmm. and and that's difficult because if because those are worldview issues. So you know, what is the worldview of porn? What if someone thinks porn's okay? What if uh, you know? Again, if you say, well, I don't think porn's right. Well, what do you mean by porn? Hmm. What do you mean? You know, what what exactly is pornography um, today? Um, you know. What kind do you want to get rid of? Um, you know, how do you plan to go about getting rid of it? Uh, you know, and you brought up a great, a great uh, idea, and that is, okay, well, what if we have a system where it does legislate morality, like Sharia law in Islam? Um, is that okay with people? Uh, are you okay? Is everybody out there okay with that? You know, um, that want to ban pornography. Um, and uh, and what would be maybe the consequences that maybe even the Bible would get banned too, mm. you know? Um, um, so to me, you know, the the thread. So sad the story of Elizabeth Smart, but the thread is really revealing because really it's got all these all these incredible comments, but really. Um, no one really defines really what porn in the contact and in the, in the or in these threads. No one defines what pornography really is, or what love really is, or you know that type of thing. So we really don't even have a basis for for argumenting really uh, argumentation. You know, it seems like yeah. And and uh, there's a proverb I can't, I can't find it right now, but it says, yeah. uh, "He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly to him." 
Mm. And, and I always like that proverb. But uh, I think the way that it applies to what we're talking about right now is, unfortunately, what, what we have when we have areas like, uh, you know, these people who are speaking out about pornography, I think that the problem comes from the fact that they don't have actual experience with it. I mean, there are people that have researched it from a distance, but they haven't actually had genuine experience with it. And they're making comments about it that I don't think they fully understand. I don't really full, think they fully understand what they're talking about. Mm. And uh, for me, you know, uh, I, I'm going to use marijuana as a <laughs> as an example right now. But I remember in school, you know, you had the D.A.R.E. programs and everything like that. And, and they talked about how... Uh, monumentally horrible drugs were and how it was going to ruin your life and how it was going to you know destroy brain cells and and whatnot uh, i'm doubting they do that anymore because it's legal now but you know <laughs> like back when i was in school it wasn't so they they had all these things and what that did for people my age is when they started when my friends obviously started smoking pot that there was like this sudden moment where like they're expecting like oh my gosh like i you know we just smoked pot like are our lives going to torch and end? And lo and behold, they didn't. You know, they got high and they laughed and they sat on a couch and they ate a bunch of Cheetos and that was the whole experience. You know, nothing negative happened out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so because of that, like, they, they started to, to question everything that was being stated. And so they just said, well, okay, if it doesn't kill you, then maybe it doesn't do anything bad. Mm. So it, it became something that was totally normal to them. And I think pornography is in a similar spot right now where so many people are demonizing it like you're talking about without fully understanding what it is. And so, so many people are are watching it. Like, so many people watch pornography. So many people are watching it and they're yeah. like, well, I've never wanted to rape anyone i've never wanted to you know molest a little girl i've never been tempted by uh child pornography i've never been like so they're they're thinking in their heads like maybe all of it's kind of a bunch of crap you know maybe they're just completely lying uh, about all this stuff and so we miss the real issue and uh when you're talking about you know going through pornography it's like for Mm, if you talk to anyone who views pornography if you talk to anyone who views pornography, what you'll find out very quickly is that the the whole myth of, you know, you start off with heterosexual porn, then you move to uh, homosexual porn, then you go to child pornography, then you go right. to degradation porn. That, that That's, a, that's yeah, a myth. That's a, it's a total myth. It's not true. You talk to anyone who views pornography, what happens is what you desire already going into pornography is going to dictate where you go. Right. So if you go into pornography mm. and you're curious about homosexuality or child pornography, you'll probably go those ways. Mm-hmm. But if you go into pornography and you're not curious at all and that stuff doesn't arouse you, you'll just never go there. You'll just stick to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll definitely want to have more and more videos of your genre, but you're certainly not going to skip to other genres looking for uh, these things that don't even interest you. Uh, just like once again with the whole marijuana example, there are a lot of people who smoke pot and they do it recreationally a couple times and they'll never go further than that. Uh, some people smoke pot and because of their interest in drugs, they're going to go to harder drugs and they're going to move from there. But not everybody who smokes pot does that. Just like not everybody who drinks alcohol gets drunk. You know, you can't, you can't broad stroke people like that. There's a, it's a more complicated issue that if you, look into it, 
you'll see that, once again, you can't make statements like what are being made. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to understand it before you speak. And that's difficult because when I look at the temperance movement before Prohibition, you know, that was a, it was a movement that started, uh, it was kind of early women's suffrage. It really, I saw it was really beautiful in that women saw the destruction of alcohol. They didn't have any rights. They saw just uh, a families being ripped apart. You know, even though they themselves weren't drinkers and went to bars and da 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 da, you know, even though they didn't experience it, they certainly saw the ramifications of it. And 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 what you're saying though is that when they don't understand it, it's themselves. What happens is sometimes that pendulum of demonization gets pulled over really far to the point where pretty soon you start lumping everybody into the same box. You really don't, you're not really clear on exactly what, you know, they weren't really clear on what they were banning, whether they were banning, like how much of it was being banned, what exactly needed to be stopped. You know, there was underlying issues that went, that moved the prohibition movement, but the underlying issues were, were, you know, issues of, of bad dads, you know, bad husbands, um, economic pressure you know in the country that created you know problems there wasn't enough money to go around so when a man made five dollars a week and at, on friday went to the bar just to kind of wind down because he's so stressed from the amount of work he's done and he's so beat and he feels like junk his body feels horrible because it's in pain all the time for working these hard labor jobs, um, he ends up uh, breaking the bank. You know, he ends up using all that money that he earned in the week, and and his wife's left home, knowing that the husband spent uh, all the money, but he's broke as a man. Um, you know, he's tired, he's angry. You know what I mean? And and it messes up the family and. And even though those ladies didn't understand alcoholism or alcohol in general, um, you know, they tried to do their best to get rid of the culprit. But the culprit really wasn't the alcohol. Mm. It actually was all the under underlying issues that were there. were so many issues. There's it, things are never as easy as they seem. And, and, and that's so true. You can't just make everything so simple. Mm-hmm. And because it's not anything of any value, it, there are things, they are usually con- controversial and complicated. I mean, even John Piper in his book, The Pleasure of God, he, he says that even, even Christian doctrine is, you know, of any value is going to be controversial. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's going to, it's going to make, it's going to bring us to a further understanding. You know, and that's what prohibition never got to. It never got to the place where really they figured out why, what was happening. Because you got rid of the alcohol, people were still working long, people were still stressed out, people were, you know, still spent and everything like that. And sure, there were homes that just, you know, people grew up and just like, don't touch alcohol, don't touch alcohol, don't touch alcohol. And, you know, they never touched alcohol again. But then the, the issue comes in is that, is that now you have people that look at someone who does touch alcohol and they go, man, you know, they got a problem, Mm. you know, because, you know, they touched alcohol, Mm. you know. So now you have, you know, issues of pride and judgment that come into a culture. 
you know, through that. So, I, again, you, you kind of get rid of one problem, but you really create other problems, <laughs> you know, if you don't, if the heart is not changed, mm. you know, if, if someone's heart, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if we lived in a culture that was just free, you know, to do things, you know, to experiment, you know, in, in, in where you can do whatever you, you wanted to do per se, you know, based off whatever you believe, without ex- excessive, you know, harm, let's say, like murder hmm. um, someone, you know, and but yet no one ever did it. Hmm. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. If just no one ever did. It would be like, you know, what if you went to Vegas, man, and just no one was on the slot machines? <laughs> just no one. You know, if, if everybody just walked by and they went, oh, yeah, you know, well, maybe I'll put in a, a penny. You know, they put in a penny, they do it once, and they go, oh, that's great, and they just walk by. <laughs> you know, or what, wouldn't that be cool if, like, you saw the buffets in Vegas where just no one ate the dessert <laughs> trays? You know, or if they did, they would just, like, take a nibble and go, oh, you know, that's that's pretty good, and that's about it. And then they just walk away. You know, it, they wouldn't be so pulled into it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think that's uh, that's really the, the message of the gospel, you know, what you're talking about. Because what we find out as human beings is that our problem isn't substances. Our problem isn't our problem is our own hearts. You know that's really the the issue. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that issue, when you understand the Christian ethic that that is the problem, that you are the problem, and it really doesn't matter what substances are around you, doesn't matter what culture you grow up in, doesn't matter what family you're from, doesn't matter how wealthy you are, you're gonna have issues because your heart is the problem. Then all of a sudden what you do is you throw up your hands and you realize, well, who can change their heart? And Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet realized this and he wrote his famous passage, can a leopard change his spots, right? Or can an Ethiopian change his skin? And his point is, is that humanity is completely incapable of changing their heart. Yeah. But praise God, you got passages like Ezekiel 36, a very powerful passage for me, where God promises to give his people new hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's what we believe as Christians, that Christ died for us, bore our sins on the cross, and now that the Spirit of God lives in us, he can change or transform our heart, mm-hmm. which is the real issue. And so as Christians, yeah, you could fight the laws, and I and I applaud Christians who go out and they battle legislatively, but you're going to have to understand something. You could change all the laws in the land, and you're not going to change the heart. You know, you're not going to change your heart, and you're definitely not going to change the hearts of the people who don't even believe in your God. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it comes down to that world view of of you know what's a, what does a better society look like? Mm-hmm. You know, does it look like a person? You know, people? Does it look like a society without pornography, or does it look like a, so- a society with pornography? And the scary part of that question is really, really, you have to let the research really play out. Meaning, meaning, you know, I know when I wrote my book, I have this line in it of like, who's to say that the the state can't do a better job of raising kids than you can? Hmm. Meaning, meaning the research might bear out something that we don't really want to listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't want to hear. Meaning, before the United States had, you know, modern day pornography, was there sexual immorality? Hmm. What was life like? What was life like for women? What was life like for men? What was sexuality like? Mm. You know, was it really good? <laughs> was it good in the world? Yeah. You know, has has overall in in modern society, would you say that overall 
the uh, economic situation of people are, is better today than it was back then, 200 years ago in the world? Mm. You know, is the, the opportunities for education greater today than it was 200 years ago? Mm. Is the enjoyment even in marriage better today than what it was 200 years ago? Mm. The overall enjoyment of marriage better today? You know, I would think that if we really did some research on it, we probably would find that, man, you know, we have a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity today. We really live in a lot of blessed ways, you know, mm. um, today, even with all the ills that are in the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting when you, when you even look at like rape statistics and, and today's pornography and rape statistics. Um, a lot of people would say, well, hey, you know, porn produces rape. But you look at, you know, Iran and the, the rape statistics on Iran are really small. One point, you know. Um, you know, and you could say, well, hey, it's because they have a ban on pornography and they have, you know, they have a form of Sharia law, you know, that's intact. Or Afghanistan, same thing. Saudi Arabia, same kind of thing. You know, same kind of statistical information. America, rapes are way higher, you know, than they are in those Middle Eastern places. You know, Europe, rapes are way higher. And people automatically go, oh, it's because of pornography. Hmm. But no, that's not why. Hmm. I mean, that, that's that's a simple way to look at it, and but it's not the full picture. Hmm. Meaning, how like we live in a culture that if you're raped... It is okay to go to the police and say, I've been raped. Mm. And it is, it is expected that that's going to happen now. It's, it's not as much as it should be, but it, it, it's going, it, people very much applaud someone who's raped, like Elizabeth Smart, to go to the authorities and say, hey, this is what's going on. Mm. You know, if you can, you know, um, and, and we have authorities that go after people who, who do these sort of, crimes in Europe, in America, in Australia, you know, and other places, you know. But in the Middle East, you don't have that culture. You don't have people reporting rape. You don't have people that, it's not It's not a culture that's going to, de- it doesn't deal with rape in the same way that we do, mm. you know. So we live in a culture that, yeah, has a lot of pornography, but Iran does too. <laughs> and, um, you know, and Saudi Arabia does, and Turkey does, and all those other areas do, to do as well. Even though they have bans on on it, it's still all over the place, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but it's just the way the culture views the the issue of rape that that accounts for the statistic, because in the country, in our country, people report it, and in so in in that culture. It's not reported. It's not seen as something to be reported, mm. um, and and that those those things all play a factor in that. So it's not so cut and dry that, um, you know. Again, me and porn, uh, me and Peter, um, you know, a lot of people listen to us and they probably think, man, you guys are pro porn. You know <laughs> what I mean? And what's weird weird is we're not we're not we're not like yay hooray porn. You know that kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, I think our hearts is that we totally, you know, would love to have there not be any pornography at all. 
But we also, from a, a biblical worldview, realize that it says, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, all that's in our heart. That that's really where pornography lies. Mm-hmm. You know, so it basically, it, it moves us to have to work one person at a time, uh, helping people understand the Word of God and what it teaches and things like that, instead of, um, you know, trying to change people that that aren't in a sense don't have this new spirit or this new heart trying to change them from the outward in we're hoping that they change from the inward out mm. um and I, I i think that's what we see so much that uh maybe is the is uh, the flaw behind some of um the popular uh maybe uh um work activism that's done out there mm. you know would you say yeah to that? Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good it's a good thing. It's a good thing to talk about. We'll end our um, our topic there today, hmm. and we'll we'll let it just fly <laughs> <laughs> the way it is. But uh, you certainly can ask any questions with us on um, our Twitter feed uh, at Running Light. That's our Twitter handle. And um, and I did, uh, man. I, I you know there is I, I know there's we get people all the time that um, you know we know what it's going on in their life and it does. I mean, I know it's, uh, I had a brother who just, um, you know, was in dialogue with, but I know they're going through a tough marriage, and there's there's so many people that, you know, certainly um, their lustful behaviors have created such serious problems in their marriage, and we certainly um, know that uh, pornography hasn't helped at all in those marriages whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, so we certainly wouldn't want to uh, have anybody think that we're, again, for the issues of pornography. But we just are for more thinking through these things, maybe in a biblical way, and, uh, and how the Bible deals with these topics. So thanks a lot for listening. We'll uh, have another podcast next week. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.